Welcome to a new episode of Talking Rivals, a weekly show exploring everything about the best bleep in rivalry in baseball. Co-hosted by Patrick covering the Boston Red Sox and myself covering the New York Yankees. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter slash X at Talking Rivals. You can follow Patrick at Patrick Trotty. You can follow myself at CP7NY. And you could find our podcast wherever you find your podcast at Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. And you could also find us at sportswireradio.org. And you can follow the station manager there, Thomas Bryce, at Thomas Bryce 2017 for the scheduling for all the other great shows that are on there as well as ours. So, Patrick, finally a busy week, surprisingly. Yes. Craig Breslow and I don't even want to say ownership, but Craig Breslow in the front office uh, saved me from – I was getting ready for a rant. and. <laughs> I was really close because it was getting to the point where I'm looking at Soto going here, going to the Yankees. I'm looking at all these moves and in rapid succession, two days in a row. Um, let's start with the signing first. I think that was first. Um, Lucas Giolito, essentially a one-year deal because the second year is a player option. So it's two years for 36 and change. And I think it's 18 each year. Um, if he does, if if all goes well, he'll be a free agent this time next year. Right. Um, it's basically he's betting on himself. He's getting that second year just in case. Um, he had a really weird year last year. Uh, I think he was with three teams, mm -hmm. the White Sox, the Angels, and then the Guardians. And... He, he'd have some stuff off the field that was happening that kind of – his numbers just really fell off a cliff in the second half of the year. But the thing that scares me about him is the home runs. Uh, the home runs and the walks. He's not a guy that's going to have uh, – he's going to have traffic on the bases, but he has the potential. They're, they're betting on that he comes back to form of like two or three years ago. And if he does, it's a guy that's going to throw to like a sub four ERA and, you know, take up valuable innings because I think Boston was fifth fewest innings pitched by starters last year. Mm. Bayo led the team with 150 something. Yeah, that's not good. So if you can get 150 innings from Giolito, I would say if you, if he gives me 150 innings, 30 starts, and like a 3.9 ERA, you know, yeah. nothing great, but you're, that's the cost of it. 18 million a year. It seems like a lot of money, but I was doing the math and between all the, between the Verdugo trade, the O'Neill trade and earlier, um, the, the infielder, I'm forgetting his name, that they traded to Seattle for a pitcher. Um, oh, what's his name? The middle infielder for the Red Sox last year. Oh, Europe. yeah. Right. Between those three trades, they saved about 19 million. So they take that 19 million and they flip it and they spend down Giolito. I'm happy with that because they need pitching. So they essentially, they essentially brought in an outfielder and then got rid of two position players and brought in starting pitcher. So I'm happy about that. And then the biggest move was, was it late yesterday? I mean, early yesterday, 
Mm-hmm. Days kind of bleed into each other, but I know. <laughs> it was the last like two days that Chris Sale out of nowhere gets traded to Atlanta uh for Vaughn Grissom. And Boston sends $17 million along with sale. So basically Atlanta gets sale on a one-year $10 million deal. There's a $25 million option for neck for the year after. Um but for one year, ten million from Atlanta's point of view, it's it's worthy risk because they're in win now mode. Their infield is set. Grissom was blocked all over the infield. Yeah, those guys um, just dined for a while. So yeah, you're not getting past Austin Riley. Uh, Arcia looked good. Um, Ozzy Albies, you're not you're not breaking into that uh, rotation, so to speak, in the infield. But with that, they saved another $7 million. I know, they saved another $10 million. So now Boston's down to $200 million. So they're like 30, I want to say $36 million away from the first luxury threshold. So they have some money to spend now. And um, uh, before I get into Grissom real quick, I, I keep on hearing that they're going to make another move to shed more salary because – as quick as these things happen, and I know you'll you'll understand more than anybody else being a Yankee fan. Once you get good news, it's either not good enough or it's <laughs> the wrong move right. based on the fans. Okay. So these two moves were made. I would give the, the trade like a B plus or an A minus grade. Most of the people that I saw on, online were saying it was a great trade for Boston, but <laughs> The biggest news was right after that. Apparently, there was a report that said ownership had told some of the top free agents, quote unquote, that, you know, we're not going to set the market on some of these guys until we shed some salary first. So people are going nuts saying you got to sell the team. The ownership is ridiculous. This is, we're a small market team. It's like, take a, take a breath. Like, relax. I feel like Aaron Rodgers right there for a second. Just <laughs> take it down a notch. They just made a couple of good moves. Don't let some story that came out afterwards, you know, they, they have $35 million left. If they don't use that 35, if they keep it at 200 million, then I'll say, you can't say it's a small market for 200 million, but if they don't spend that 35, then you can argue, yeah. you know, Especially with but, the- yeah, but there's still I keep telling myself there's still some time left. There's still plenty of time left to sign more people. And we know there's still top pitching out there. Yeah. And this brings into your team too, with the Yankees, with expected moves to be made, whether whether each of our teams are in different positions, but the similarities are obviously in the same division. We're both obviously competing for titles and neither of our fan bases want to hear, oh, it's next year or the year after. And we're both spending a ton of money. So I would ask, are the Yankees going to go after a starter? Are they, I I keep on hearing that they might just double up on bullpen and maybe like a a fifth or sixth starter. Uh, For me, I think the Yankees got to go more than that. I think they have to go at least one starter and it has to be somebody from, you know, 
the top end of the free agent market, which would be for me, I, and I've said it before, I think Montgomery makes, because he checks all the boxes that you want from a pitcher, he's probably going to cost more in years and, and money than even more than uh, Snell. But I think Montgomery checks every box that you want him to check, right? He checks off the, he fits in the roster because he knows most of the players. You know, he could pitch in New York because um, he's done it here already. Do you think he gets more than Snell? I think he does because I think he's, they're about the same age, but I think Montgomery offers you a little bit more. Like he, he offers you consistency, like Snell. Yeah, that's true. Right? I think Snell, we, we've talked about him. He's he's given you two good years out of his career. The rest, I, what was he, eight wins, I think was the most he won. So yeah. Montgomery is consistent. Like, is he an ace? No. Snell could be an ace, I guess. But <laughs> Montgomery probably can't be. But he's going to be a solid three for sure and up to a number two at times. So to me, and he checked off a major box last year by pitching really good in the postseason for, yeah. for Texas. So for me, that's an easy pick. Um, he would kind of solidify, I think, the rotation. I know fans are like, oh, we need more than one. But I think if you add him, you know, to obviously Garrett Cole, Rodon, you got to expect him to bounce back. He can't be as bad as he was last year. Cortez. If he's healthy, you know what you know what he's going to bring you, and then you got Schmidt as your five starter, which I like that better. Otherwise, your five starter is going to be you know if you don't add a pitcher, your five starter is going to be a rookie, whether it's Will Warren, uh, Clayton Beater, you know Hill, someone in in that in that realm. And I don't know if they want to be that. I don't know if they want to go to that to that extreme is bringing up a, a rookie to be a fifth starter. I'd rather have our starting five Schmidt being the five and then having one of those guys in triple a being ready to be the sixth starter, you know, the next starter up if someone goes down, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and I also think they need to go to the bullpen. They need to add to that bullpen. I know the bullpens it's solid, you know, but to me, it's not, it's not great. What, what we normally have, right. We got clay Holmes as the closer and that brings up, do they go with Holmes or are they going to sign, they go big and sign Hader? I don't think they're going to sign Hader because Hader wants a lot. Supposedly he wants what um, Diaz got last year and they're about the same age, but he signed a contract a year later. So I, I understand he wants the, the same amount. Um, I just don't know if the Yankees are in desperate need for a closer. If they, if they were in desperate need for a closer, yeah, I would say bite the bullet qualifying offers included so you got to give up your top pick i get it all right do it but they could add um a jordan hicks um uh what's his name the guy from Rob stevenson yeah stevenson from the the devil rays or even even take a chance with liam Hendricks. maybe he bounces back and he could be like your main setup guy and also if holmes gets hurt he could you know slide into your closer someone like that i think to me makes more sense than going big for hater. Um, yeah. And to me, there's so much more pressure. There was already pressure going into this off season because of last year, barely being a 500 team, obviously no playoffs. Um, and for them to say, yeah, we're going to be very busy in the off season and whatever. Um, now that you, after the trade for Soto, I think it's more, there's even more pressure and more, of a 
we got to do it this year. Forget about 2025 or 2026 or we got to win in 2024 because now that you got Soto on a one-year deal, basically, he's going to be a free agent. You got one year. Forget about showing him what it means to be a Yankee. That's that's the obvious thing, and that's easy. That's basically already done, right? You don't have to do anything there. What you got to do is show him the difference between playing as a Yankee in the postseason, hopefully in the World Series, winning it there, and the impact it has and the feeling and the difference between playing in New York and winning in New York is different than winning in say when he won with the nationals or when he played with the, the Padres a little bit last year between that. I think you got to show him the, the difference in playing for the Yankees in that environment, right? So you got to get to the playoffs this year. You got to get there and, and put yourself in position to make the world series. Obviously there's no guarantee, even if you make the playoffs, but at least, Put yourself in, you know, in a good situation that you can, you know, get to that World Series. So I think there's more pressure. So that's why I think they have to do something. Um, and if you don't get Montgomery, you better make a big trade. And they're in a position to do it, right? Because if you're, if you're planning on re-signing Juan Soda at the end of this year, then a guy like Jones in the farm system becomes, you know, one of your big trade chips. You know, you could trade him and you could trade even uh, Peraza if you're going to hold on to Torres this year or vice versa. Trade Torres and then you got Peraza as your second baseman, one or the other. So they got the pieces to make a move and they got the money to make a move. So and I think they got to do it. And I think they will. I, I, I know fans are, you know, don't have the confidence. I truly think they they I truly think they will after the moves that they made with Soto and to a lesser extent. Uh, lesser extent um what's his name uh Redugo. obviously Soto's the big one um so we'll see I I just think it's it's gonna get busy this week or next week for sure in Major League Baseball and for the Yankees and I think for Boston because I think you yeah, guys it's uh, I think we're like I said before we're not both teams are there's similarities there because there are pitching moves to be made um and both teams have been relatively quiet as far as obviously as far as signing free agents. Um, I think getting back just to finish up the sale trade, I, I really like Vaughn Grissom. Um, I know there's some questions about his defense, but he has the arm to stay on the left side of the infield, but his range is better suited for second base. So if you're telling me he's going to be an athletic second baseman with a strong arm, that's a good thing. I mean, I don't see a problem there. His his best tool is his contact. He, I think last year he struck out 12% of the time, and the minor league average was like over 20%. So he doesn't really strike out. He doesn't hit a lot of home runs, but I looked at his stats. He hits a ton of doubles, which means that he's going to grow into some power. Um. And you have him for six years of control, and he's only 21. He's hit everywhere he's gone, and he was blocked by, you could argue, one of the best infields in baseball yep. with the Braves. So I don't see a downside to this. Um, I hope that looking forward that when the Braves come to town in June, Chris Sale gets, you know, nothing crazy, but a quick standing ovation. The guy did have the last out in the 2018 World Series. 
Now it leaves only Devers as the only player from that team still on the roster, wow. just to show you how quick the turnover has been. Um, so he deserves, Sale deserves some sort of a quick little tribute. I mean, when he was healthy, it was only it was always a matter of him being healthy because his stuff was always there. He's a big strikeout guy. But similar to the Yankees, I think now it's what do they do next? And I keep going back to we have a couple of prospects now that are blocked because Story is now he's the shortstop for the next four years. He's under control uh, on a contract. So he's got to step up. So if you have the middle of your infield there for four and six years of control, that opens up your top prospect, Marcelo Meyer. Shortstop, it's kind of a year or so behind where Volpe was, but he's that's he's similar in vain as far as you know, every Boston fan has been talking about Marcelo Meyer for a year or two at least. And um and second baseman Nick York. So those are two out of their top. I want to say five prospects and they're both blocked now. And if they could swing a trade for, I know the names Corbin Burns and Dylan Cease get thrown around a lot, but they only have one year of control. I'm looking at a guy from the Marlins, Lazardo. Yeah. He has three years of control. So that's going to cost a lot, but he was 25 last year and it was his first almost full year of pitching. And he had a four war as a 25-year-old lefty under team control for three years. The Marlins do need some hitting. Um, if you dangle the fourth overall pick from a couple of years ago, the shortstop Marcelo Meyer, and you give them a bat first, second baseman, New York. Um, I don't know what it's going to cost. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but that's a good start. And the other thing is, I keep hearing that Kenley Jansen or Chris Martin, one of those two from the bullpen, might get moved because Kenley Jansen has $16 million on his contract and Chris Martin has almost nine. I would prefer to move Martin, even though he had the better year last year. Just playing the odds game. Is a 37-year-old, what are the chances that he throws to one ERA again? Right. Exactly. I mean, he he doesn't walk anybody. He's on an expiring contract, only 8.75. You could flip him to a team that's on the cusp of the playoffs and he could be your closer, or you could flip him to a, a legitimate playoff team and he's your setup. If you do that, get back an expiring contract that is a starter. If you can you can flip Stanson or Martin for a starting pitcher, even if it's just one year for one year then I would do it and you can move. My, my biggest fear though, is like you said, with the Yankees back end of their rotation, are they going to go with internal options at five? I'm scared that the Red Sox go internally for their four and five with how can Whit Whitlock. Um, I like them more in the bullpen. I just do. Yeah. We talked about it right before we started. It brings to me how I know he doesn't have a track record of this guy, but to me, he reminded me a little bit of Jabba Chamberlain for the Yankee fans out there. Just a couple of really good pitches, and then there was talk about stretching him out to be a starter. And Hauk's ERA is almost double as a starter 
as what it is as a reliever. Mm. I, I just, I just never understood why how or Whitlock. I know there's more value as a starter, but you got to get those outs from somebody. And in today's game, we both know that the bullpen is just as important, if not more important, um, with the starters going less in it. So you have Giolito, you have Bayo, Pavetta, Crawford, every option, even Hauk and Whitlock, all the options are right-handed only. Um, right. So they need to either get Snell or Montgomery. I think they're not going to spend the money on those guys. It's going to get too much. And I think they're going to pivot and sign somebody like James Paxton mm. or the Japanese pitcher, Manga. Yeah. And if they do that, then they have to do a second move and trade for an ace. Because, I mean, I'm just looking in the division. If you're going up against Garrett Cole or Gossman with Giolito, that, that's, I know it's a team game, but that, that's a loss. And you're not even mentioning Baltimore. Like, yeah, you're not, yeah, Baltimore and then uh, Tampa Bay. Right. And Tampa Bay always figures it out. And Baltimore is just getting younger and younger. Yeah, I would but move. You can't give away 30. I know you're not going to lose all 30 starts to aces every year, yeah. but you can't start a season saying, ah, oh, Lucas Giolito is going to go up against right, everybody's ace. Right. And hope for a, a turnaround season from him. And yeah, I, I personally would. Yeah. If, if I'm going to move anybody out of that bullpen, you know, trade wise, I would definitely move Chris Martin. Cause like you said, is he going to really give you another, you know, sub two ERA? <laughs> he almost, he was closer to a one. I think he was a 1.06. Yeah. That's insane. That's not going to happen again. Yeah. And I like, I listen, I like Whitlock and Hawk in, in the bullpen, but then you got to replace um, yep. There's more. There's it's, it's it opens your a hole up in the rotation, but you could also sign Montgomery. Yeah. I mean, if you move an ace, if, you, if they moved Chris Martin, then that means they are almost down to 190 on the payroll. Yeah, that's so that that opens up. I think it's 237 this year is the first threshold. So if they move Martin, they are almost. 50 million under if you're telling me you can't afford montgomery i don't know how high montgomery's average annual value gets if he gets more than snell i still think someone's going to overpay for snell but even if montgomery gets 30 a year that's okay that's 30 a year you still have 20 left so you can get montgomery and get a guy like Paxton on a one or two year deal. That that yeah. would be, I would I would love that. But I think they're going to do a combination of trades and internal options. And you know what, a team like Boston, or even the Yankees, where they don't have to worry about the TV contracts that a lot of these other teams are obviously going against right now, like Seattle. Seattle's having problems. They're trying to cut payroll. I mean. Boston doesn't have that problem. They got their own TV contract. They don't have yeah. to worry about that. The one problem that I see that I, and I, I hate to be the fan. That's like, I don't want to jump on the bandwagon of the ownership. Should, I'm never going to tell ownership, you know, they should get rid of a team. I mean, unless you're the Oakland A's. So you, you're spending 200 million a year on the payroll. 
it's not like you're going cheap, but but right. <laughs> but they do have ownership states with the uh Pittsburgh Penguins and with Liverpool soccer. Yeah, money is not an issue there. Money is not an issue, but it could be spread out a little bit too like their attention could be elsewhere. Right. I see what you mean. So it I mean they're they're John Henry's worth, I think he's worth four and a half billion. Mm. So I'm like, come on. You you can't give me a thirty million dollar a year pitcher. Yeah, exactly. That shouldn't be a hard thing, or even with a trade, because now that you got uh, Grissom, you know, for short or second, now you got, you know, they, other- they have their their infield is now Tristan Cassis, six years of control, Vaughn Grissom at second base, six years of control, Trevor Story, four years at shortstop, and Devers, nine years at third slash DH. So you can make a move with a, a prospect in the mind, like you said, Nick York, or if you want to do Marcelo Meyer for, you know, a top of the line pitcher, if you're going to do it, you can do it now. Yeah. And the outfield, you still have, I think, five years with Jared Duran. You still have four years on Yoshida's contract. And then there's one outfield spot that's kind of open right now. But if you bring up the prospect, Rafael, there, I can make a case for, the opening day lineup, everybody being under team control for at least four years at every position. So that kind of knocks out your the minor leaguers coming up because they're kind of at least the at least the high end minor leaguers. Right. You can kind of keep the ones that are higher, higher risk, but higher reward. The guys that kind of project out that are 19, 20 years old. But yeah, the guys at triple A and double A, they're Right now, they're just for depth. They're just in case. Like, would you trade? Would you do a, a Marcelo Meyer for one of the top pitchers that we've talked about in a trade? For one year of control. Well, I think um, Cease. I think Cease has two years. Okay, he has two years for Marcelo Meyer. Yeah, I'm doing it. Let's double check Cease. Yeah, I think he has two years. Yeah, he's got this year and 2025 yeah. control. Yeah, I mean, I know Mayer has been he's he's the big he's the big name in prospects for for the Red Sox. His comp is Corey Seager at the plate. There's questions whether he'll stay at short for his whole career. But for Dylan Cease, two years of Dylan Cease, yeah. Last time they traded with the White Sox, they got Chris Sale. They gave up what turned out to be a ton, but it ended up being underwhelming for the White Sox. So I look back to the trade, and I'm not sure if there's some similar out there, but I look back to the trade with the Marlins back when they were the Florida Marlins with Josh Beckett and Mike Lowell being thrown in as a salary relief for – Hanley Ramirez and others. And Hanley Ramirez coming up was that that worked out for both teams. Hanley Ramirez had some great years for Miami. He was a great prospect for Red Sox. But back, without Beckett and Lowell, they don't win that World Series in 07. Hmm. Is there a deal like like if Dylan Cease? can give me two, I, and I know you can't look into the future, but if he's giving me two healthy seasons, 
I think you take that and and you work around losing Marcelo Meyer. Yeah. Or you try to open it up and open it up to a bigger trade package with with Dylan Cease and others, and you add in other people on your end. Maybe yeah. grab a bullpen piece while you're at it and add in another prospect or two. Because the White Sox are the White Sox are definitely in reloading, rebuilding mode. Yeah, I would think they're going to be moving guys. So, yeah, I'm. To me, it, it makes the a one lot. I would stay away from is Burns because it's just one year. He's yeah. a Boris client. He's going to test free agency. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And and especially if you're giving up, arguably your or I don't know if it's arguably, but your top prospect, you better be getting back someone with multiple years of control. Yeah. You know, that's why I go back to that Mar the Marlin Jesus Lazardo. I, I know he only has one year of, of double digit wins. He's a lefty, just turned 26, put up four war last year. I think he's averaging like 10 strikeouts per nine, three walks per nine. I, three years of control of him would be, it's going to cost a lot, but Miami could definitely use the position players and, I think that sets up for something or maybe who knows, maybe the Red Sox take on somebody's bad contract and it lessens the prospects. Right. That they have to give up. Maybe by getting rid of sale, they can take on somebody else's. I mean, because if you get Lazardo, you could lessen that by taking on a one of the Marlins. I, I don't know if they have any bad contracts, but yeah, maybe Josh Bell. Yeah, Josh Bell is making $16 million. So if you take that on, Lizardo would probably come for maybe less much less prospect-wise. Yeah. But, yeah, both our teams, we keep saying it, but we're waiting for – I'm waiting for Snell and Montgomery to move, to sign. And then if – if for the Red Sox, if they lose out on Snell or Montgomery, like I said, I, I still think the guy from Japan might get signed by either of our teams. I think it's a possibility because he's. I'm not because sh- I keep hearing that he's like a, a good number three. Hmm. So if the price is right, um, it's less less injury risk than somebody like James Paxton, who Yankee fans do not want to hear. No. Oh, Red Sox fan, he got a little better last year, but he still only made 19 starts. Um, yeah, I keep going back to names that you threw out last episode, like Hyun Jun Ryu. If you're bringing him in, he's got to be your fifth starter. Right, exactly. Yeah, you're not making him a two or a three. No. If he's filling so, out your rotation at five, yeah, that's not a bad choice, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, and still, I'm I'm looking at the rotation, and there's question marks for both our teams. I I would yeah. say, I would say the given is obviously Garrett Cole for you guys. Um, Rodon is the the question mark. If he is Rodon of a couple of years ago, and that one two punch is great. And then the other question mark to me for you guys is, does Cortez get back to his full healthy self? Right. And can he play? Can he pitch a full season? Yeah, because if he if Rodon and Cortez go back to what they've proven they can do, 
you guys have a really good rotation. And then if you just throw in, if you, it, it, you know, if they want to hold on to their prospects and just sign a guy, sign Montgomery, you know what? And fight the You'd boat. be hard pressed to find a better four if they're healthy than Cole, Rodon, Montgomery, Cortez. Yeah. And, and then those you, three in the middle as lefties. Yeah. And then you throw in your fifth starter as Clark Schmidt. And that's not bad. And then you and now you got your prospects, especially the guys in AAA like a Will Warren and Clayton Beater. Those those are the guys that you're gonna bring up if you need a starter, you know, or if you need a a long man. What happens to guys like Pereira, Cabrera? Um, do they get moved for pitching? Do they, or are you scared of selling low on them right now? Yeah, I mean it's a possibility. Um, I, I would think with IKF signing with Toronto, I thought that was a sign for the Yankees saying we're good with our utility guy that we have in Cabrera because he could play everywhere. He's like IKF. Um, he basically gives you the same thing. I mean, I liked IKF as a super utility guy, but if they're happy with Cabrera, then I guess that's that's the reason why they did that. But then again, we heard, you know, I think today or yesterday, they were interested in bringing back, um, what's his name? Gio Urshela. Yeah. So yeah, that, I didn't understand that. Yeah, I, I guess as the backup, you know, second, short, third guy, first base, you know, as a utility guy, I guess. Or are they really going to finally make that big move and trade Torres for someone and maybe put Gio at second, or Gio at third and DJ over at second? You know, so that interest kind of it it kind of makes me think about other moves and i still think there's other moves out there for the this team to make because they're not you know with the pitching they're just not a complete team i feel like there's still even the outfield i don't like judge playing center most of the time until dominguez comes back i'd rather him be stuck there staying in right field but with soto and verdugo you know that's probably not going to change so um I think I could make an argument that the Red Sox and the Yankees could make another trade. Okay, let's hear it. We're we're looking to move Kenley Jansen's contract. Right. If we attach a young controllable outfielder like Jaron Duran with it. Okay. We we could get back somebody like uh we can even throw in Chris Martin, Kenley Jansen, Jaron Duran. Whoa. <laughs> Four. I would say the one year of Glaber and something. Now, what that something is, and then you can move Grissom to the outfield instead because he's played some and left. Right. Maybe um, what that something is, I don't know what that would equal, but right. that's a lot of money going one way. So, but Torres is making a good amount. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it's just it's a possibility. To me, that's something that will possibility. happen. No. But yeah. we didn't see the Verdugo one happening. Yeah. I I just it's to me, it's it's interesting to see if the Yankees, like I said, double down on I, I think it would be smart for the Yankees to fortify the bullpen. Still work on fortifying that bullpen. I understand that you don't want to look internally as far as the fifth starter, because then that moves everybody up a spot. Like I like Clark Schmidt's the fifth. Yeah, that's not what I mean. Number four. But 
Yeah. If you if like say if you went out and signed Stevenson and Hicks. Yeah, that would be the bullpen. I still yeah. yeah, I still would now you still you still got the question marks in the rotation. It's still not doing anything. Yeah, it strengthens yeah. the bullpen and I like it, but I still think they need that one more consistent, steady arm. And that's why for me the So then it might come down to if you don't sign if if you don't sign Montgomery. Yeah. It might come down to, like you said, Spencer Jones. He might be the odd man out. Yeah, I, I think Spencer Jones is the odd man. I think he's gonna get traded at some point. They might they might wait till the trade deadline when they when they see what their team really needs. Right. And he might be the big piece that they that they use because listen, if the plan is to sign Soto, there's no room for Spencer Jones at this point in the outfield. No. Right? You got Dominguez coming back, he's gonna be a center fielder. Judge and Soto. That's that's your outfield. That's going to be your starting outfield probably for the next decade. Uh, At the very least, for the next six years, Mingas. Right, exactly. And then for the next decade, on either side of it. Right, so, I, that, signs, so. Unless, you know, unless their big plan is to move one of these guys to, the, to first base in a couple of years, I have no idea. But to me, that's why I think Spencer Jones is going to be the big piece that they trade for whatever they need. If it's now, it's going to be for a pitcher. Um, but if they want to hold on to him, and what I would do, again, sign Montgomery. He's not the flashy guy or anything like that, but he slots right in as your two or three starter, solidifies your rotation, sign one of the big uh, relievers, whether it's Stevenson or Hicks. That helps your bullpen, and that's what you go into the season with. Then you could start to you know see what this team – is and what it what it isn't and by may or june you start saying okay we need another piece for the infield you know torres is you know the contract situation it's too much for him whatever or if it's in the pitching if we have an injury that's the other thing they might hold spencer jones for injury concerns especially in the rotation because it's still there you know rodan Cortez, they're both of those guys are Huge question yeah. mark because of injury. So let me ask you, similar to the mayor question from me, what would you look for first giving up a, a guy that's of the caliber of Spencer Jones? I would, same thing for you guys, like a young, controllable pitcher. And, you know, Lazardo, I think, makes a lot of sense for both of our teams. It's almost like we're we're looking for the same thing, right? So Yeah, that's why I think Montgomery and Snell, we're not going to be, I don't think our teams are going to be priced out of it. Because you're always in the market for it. Right. But I think the years might get a little crazy. That's where I, that, that's the only thing that makes me I, I can understand the second guessing with Montgomery because he probably wants seven years, right? And I think he's third, I think he's gonna be going into his age 31 season. So, you know, that I think that's the only thing that, that would scare me off. The amount, if it's close to 30 million. I mean, look what Giolito got. Look what Montas got. What, fifteen million from the Reds? Fifteen or sixteen for the one year. Yeah. yeah. What does he? Do you think Stellar Montgomery are two hundred million dollar pitchers? I, 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 in this, in, in this, this climate, yeah, yeah, I market. think they are. Uh, you know, maybe not in a different climate, but I think in this one, they most certainly are. And it is what it is. I think you you can't. You know, you can't fight it if, you know, if that's, the, especially if that's the position you need, you know, um, spot rack originally had him when the, when free agency started making 
probably 18 million a season. And that's that's not going to happen. <laughs> no. He's make close to 30 million. I, I don't think he's going to get 30, but it's going to be close to it. I mean, because like I said, look at the boxes he checks off for you, right? The consistency. He could pitch in New York. He could pitch in the postseason. Um, he's been relatively healthy for most of his yeah. career so far. He's a lefty. He's a lefty. I mean, he checks off every box you want almost. But is he an ace? No, he's not an ace, but he's probably a solid two. So if you go six years. It makes sense, though, with 30, at least 30 a year, because aces, a legit ace like Derek Cole is on the free agent market. It's going in the 40s. Right. So this guy's a solid three, maybe a two at times. He's 31 right now. So if he's, if, listen, six years, Close to if you one. had to give him the Rodon deal, you would do that? What What was that? So, Six for 162? Oh, I definitely would give him that. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Right? 31, 32, 33, 34, 35. 31 from age 31 through age 36. Yeah. I, I would think, yeah. I, and I'm, it's less than 30 a year. Yeah. Or even a little bit more. You know, make it even 170 or, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's the guy you want to get. He's not a big strikeout guy, um, but he gives you innings and starts and he's could pitch in New York and he could pitch in the postseason. There's not many that say that. The only other guy, I'll be honest, the only other guy that matches up with him, but he's got the big negative in the in the clubhouse is Stroman. Yeah. Stroman has pitched in New York. He's pitched in big games before. And that guy takes the ball every fifth day, right? He's been healthy for the most part of his career. So yeah. both of these guys are about the same. I just don't know if the Yankees are going to go down that road because of, you know, do they take a chance of bringing a guy in like Stroman who might throw the clubhouse off and you're trying to wine and yeah, dine Soto this whole year and you're going to bring this guy in? So I don't think that happens. But maybe what about Boston for Stroman? He's not a bad option. Yeah, I still think I, I, I'm never one to get – too mired in is he a lefty or a righty but there's got to be some sort of balance there's no lefty yeah in this rotation yet and to give you an idea of what the white Sox want for dylan Cease, apparently they've been asking the red Sox for brian bayo oh if you don't start the conversation with him they're gonna hang up the phone wow so (laughs) <laughs> Would you give up six years or five and a half years of bail for two years of cease? I wouldn't, but no, I wouldn't. That makes no sense. So uh, a cease is going to cost you a lot. And um, he has to bounce back from what he pitched yeah. last year. He wasn't that good last year. That's why I keep looking at Lizardo, but it it's we both know it. Again, prospects are just that they're coin flip. So guys like Spencer Jones, Mayer. Nick York, you can go down the list. For everyone that makes it, there's a couple that don't. So mm-hmm. it's just a matter of which one you pick to trade. I, I think I think there's other tradable, controllable pieces out there to be had as far as pitchers, other than Burns and Cease. Right. I just don't think they've been – I think those are the next ones up because they've been talked about for a year or two. And think about it. Cease, he's 28 years old. He's coming off a season where he went 7-9 and nine with yeah. a 4.5 ERA. I mean, he did strike out a lot, a lot, 214 and 177 innings. 
and he did throw 33 games. So, but is that the guy you're getting, or are you getting the guy from the year before who pitched to a right. two ERA? Yeah, right. So, I, I would take something in between. Yeah, at this point. but I, I I agree. I would not give but up at a certain price. price. Yeah, I'm not giving up Bayo. I'll, I'll give you if listen. Would you give up uh, Marcelo Meyer for him straight up? Ooh, um, yeah, I think you got to go. Yeah, why not? I mean, you got to. Got pay to play, you know. It's going to cost you something if you want something. So, and story is, I keep hearing that they're thinking about trying to dangle story in the trade, but I don't know who's going to pick him up. Yeah. He's got four years left on his deal, and he's done nothing in Boston. He is, I don't know how he's kind of gone under the radar. I know he was injured a little bit his first year, obviously coming back from the surgery last year, but. He's done nothing. He's played in 137 games so far. Yeah. Two years. And I mean, look at his stats when he's played. Not good. Nope. No power. His OPS, I think, is around 600. Yeah. His defense is really good. He, he was playing at a borderline gold glove at second base. He's really good defensively shortstop. But if, if you're paying him and he's not the power hitting middle infielder, Right, what are you paying him? None for? of this matters. All this talk that I'm saying about trading Meyer and getting all this pitching, it doesn't matter if you have four years of a guy hitting 10 home runs. And he does have actually have a, an opt-out after next season, uh, after 2025. It's almost – it's similar to Javier Baez. I mean, yeah. is he are they going to opt out of those deals? I don't think so. I doubt it. Yeah, I mean, it depends. He's got – I think he's got four years, eighty-five million left. See, that's how you could talk him, and you could talk the other team into it. You could say, "Listen, go to another team. You could ha- bounce back, have a big couple of big seasons, then opt out, and you know, cash in again at thirty-three, thirty-two years old, whatever he's going to be." I fear, though, that to get to get anything back for Trevor Story, you, you're going to have to attach prospects, right? Big time. Yeah. Yeah, because teams are going to say, well, what if he doesn't opt out? Then I'm stuck with him yeah. for, you know, four years and about $100 million. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But I, again, we're talking about trades like this. I can, we still haven't mentioned Mike Trout in a couple episodes, which is got to be a record for us. But right. <laughs> I can see him getting traded too. I mean, that would throw a wrench in everything if the Red yeah. Sox said, yeah, let's go for Mike Trout. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty big. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just look. I I just wanted more right-handed hitting because I keep seeing the monster, the green monster, and just seeing if Mike Trout was healthy. And that's why I was excited about the sale trade because Vaughn Grissom, his first major league hit, his first major league home run, over the monster, out onto the street mm. in Fenway. And it's just it's just built for a right-handed hitter, just like Yankee fans. Like I'm sure you've done. You can look at Juan Soto and just say that short porch, it's perfect. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah, I think I think the order that it goes in is I, I'm thinking Montgomery is gonna go and then Snell and then guys like Imanga. And after that, the guy I'm still surprised we haven't heard anything about Strowman and still nothing about Bellinger. 
Yeah, I don't get. I guess teams are just that afraid of giving this guy seven years and close to thirty million a season. I think you were right. I think last episode you said we might have to do another one year deal. I think it's crazy. Um, if I did, I would. If I'm him, go back to Chicago for one more year. You had great success there last year, and run it back for another year and and prove it, and say, listen, I just did two years in a row. Yeah. This is what I, this is what I am now. So sign me, you know, and and then take a five year deal. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> right? Uh, it's tough to do more than what he just proved, but yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and what is he? Twenty nine, thirty now. He's, yeah, I think he's late 20, almost 30. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would assume his his market's got to heat up a little bit. I've seen something that um, who was interested in Jock Peterson? I seen that earlier today. Oh, um, was it Toronto? Yeah, I did too. I think, I think it was Toronto. Peters, um, Bellinger doesn't turn 29 until right before the All-Star break. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe. Right around the All-Star break. Yeah, the Blue Jays are the team that have strong interest in Jock Peterson. Huh. Um, and it makes sense because they do need that left-handed bat. So I like it, you know, for them. Yeah. And then we haven't heard anything about Matt Chapman. Um, right. I don't think either of our teams are really in on that. No, nah, I don't think so either. I think um, right. a, a name that I could see the Red Sox going after if they don't want to keep the DH spot open is a Reese Hoskins. Yeah. Like a one-year deal, right-handed power. But still, I'm, I'm still not totally – I wouldn't be totally shocked if Justin Turner comes back to the Red Sox. If not, I could see him, like we said, going out west – I still want to see what the Mariners are doing financially, like you said, because they're a team that has the pitching and they have Julio. I mean, they haven't, they have a franchise caliber outfielder, an all star level catcher, and great young pitching. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like they're not going for it. Yeah, I don't get it either. Um, it's got to be because of that, those TV contracts why they don't want to, you know, step up and do something major. Um, but they can. That's a team that – and if they give up one of their pitchers, they could get a lot back for those yes. one guy. So I, I think they should definitely be in on it. But And that West, I know Texas, yeah, they went. They won the World Series, but, you know, they've got a lot of injuries going into, next, you know, this coming season. So if I'm Seattle, I'm thinking, yeah, I think I could beat these guys or at least I could compete. And Houston is – And this might be the year that Houston's window finally closes officially. Yeah, because last year you could see they're, you know, they weren't dominant like they've been. Um, and they showed that they're beatable. And they're, get, and they're just getting older. They're not, get, they're not getting younger. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what's going on with Seattle. It's got to be the TV deal thing. But um, I think the quicker that they could figure it out, the quicker they could say, okay, now we can make – some moves here. Um, and I did see, speaking of the AL West, it's completely out of left field, but I saw one of those posts, uh, one of those memes about the Oakland A's apparently did offer a contract to Shohei Otani. Okay. 700 years, 1 million a year. 
<laughs> but I saw the headline. I was like, what? I got to click on this. The A's offered him a deal. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah. Just not quite in his price range. Right. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's weird to think that the A's are going to be playing in a different state. Like, aren't they playing where the Giants play this year? Aren't they sharing a stadium? I'm not sure. Did they settle yet What where they're going to play this year? Because I know Las Vegas has the AAA team. So they right. have that stadium while they're building the new one. I think I heard that they might be rotating between several stadiums this year. Oh, God. Yeah. it's um, That's awful. <laughs> yeah. That so really you is. could go down that roster and just say, you know what? Whichever guy you like, make them an offer. Like we're sitting here complaining about our teams not looking only at, spending two hundred million. Right. Meanwhile, the A's they're scraping guys off the floor to play with them, and and they're going to play in multiple stadiums this year. And uh, that, that was the plan. I heard that they were going to play in Las Vegas and San Fran. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, yeah. It, it's an awful listen. It's awful, but it makes a lot of sense only because if they could start playing in Vegas to introduce themselves to the area and all that. Yep. So I think it, in that sense, it makes sense, but it's just, but who are you building around? I know. I, I don't like, know who are you introducing to the area. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> the team, just not the players. I mean, is because they got, they got completely fleeced with the Matt Olson deal. Yeah. Um, several deals so far, but yeah, I don't know. They had Lizardo. They yep. had obviously Olson. They had Chapman. The catcher, um, the guy that went to uh, the Braves. Oh, Murphy. Yeah, he was there. Yeah. They've had yeah. some really good players there. They just, yep. I guess, Seth and, and that's that's the other side of these trades for these prospects. Yeah, it's just striking that fine balance between which prospect you're going to build around. And, but yeah, it, it's going to be very. Uh, I say that both our teams make multiple moves. I I think both our teams are going to make a trade each before the start of the season. Not like a just a side trade. A major type of 26-man roster move trade. Yeah, I I totally agree. Because it's just it's just out it it just looks too obvious that something's gonna happen when you look at these when you look at both of these teams like what else are they, you know, like what's next? It's not a matter of will they, it's a what, you know, right. what's the move going to be? And it's yep. they got the option. So definitely be interesting. Um, so I'm sorry. I have no on this day because this is, this is the time of year where we talk about what we're talking about, the trades and because there was nothing on January 1st in major league history. I'll but, give uh, you. I do yeah, have trivia. trivia or maybe like yesterday's on this day. Yeah, yesterday I'm going to tie the trivia into yesterday. Okay. Yesterday was the anniversary of uh, Roberto Clemente's um, plane going down. Um, that was in 1972. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, 1972, New Year's Eve, 1972, his plane went down and and he died. Obviously, um, amazing career. Obviously. Um, the thing that stuck out, 12 gold gloves for him, okay? Yeah. There have only been 
two, three, four, five, six players other than himself that have nine or more goal gloves in from the outfield position. Oh, in the outfield. Okay. <laughs> from any outfield position. <clears throat> Sorry. So you can name those guys. So the number okay. Um I'm gonna go Willie Mays. He's got twelve tied for Clemente with the most from the outfield position. Did Bonds have enough? No. And this is just outfielders. Yeah, don't yeah, one guy we we've been talking about Hall of Fame wise. Um, should he make it or not make it the last couple of years? Oh, Andrew Jones. Right. He has 10. Uh Griffey? Yep, 10 as well. Hmm. And Larry Bonds. Leaves. Bonds had eight. So you will okay. with Bonds. Huh. Think of another guy coming up very soon for the Hall of Fame. Not this year, but I think next year. Just retired. Did Dwight Evans win enough? No. No, he got he got eight as well. Only one player got nine. And Tory think, Hunter? Yeah, he's on the ballot. So that's okay. one. Um, and then how many does that leave? You're missing two. Ooh. One guy that's in the Hall of Fame and one guy who is not on a ballot yet, but soon. I think next year. Yep. He's got 10. Wow. Okay. And then um... another guy in the Hall of Fame, uh, Detroit. Detroit. Al Kaline? Yep. Wow. I never really, I mean, obviously a great player. I never realized that he had that many yeah. gold gloves. So think about it. Only seven guys in the entire history of Major League Baseball have at least nine gold gloves for from the outfield. That's incredible. Right? When you think about it. Yeah. Didn't K-Line play a little first base or was that at the end of his career? Uh, yeah. There yeah, might have yeah. been like a Willie May, uh, Mickey Mantle type of thing. Yeah. He didn't start playing <clears throat> first until... Yeah, much later, like when he was 33. And when he got to his 3,000th hit, it says, K-Line was only the 12th player. Now he's currently 32nd. Wow. On the list. That's incredible. And, and he's 58th on the list. He just got over 3,000 hits, and he's one home run shy of 400. Oh, man. Two doubles shy of 500. And we talk about it all the time. Like, who's next? Who's I don't think anybody's going to get 3,000 hits. No. Um, Maybe, uh, you know, some of these younger players that are just. Yeah, you'd have to go. <clears throat> excuse me. You'd have to go, like, to a player that's in their early to mid-20s. Yeah, I mean. Like Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, as great as he is, he's got fourteen hundred hits. So he'd have to he'd have to duplicate what he already did, and then another year. Mm. And he's already what thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says Kaline, um, nine eighty seven fielding percentage. He had eighty four outfield assists in six years. 
Wow. He had 23 in one year. Jeez. And then after that, his assist numbers dropped because, like all great outfielders, people just stopped testing his arm. Hmm. Amazing. And, and the other thing, <clears throat> I don't know if it's a record, but you won't see the strikeout totals of yesteryear again, the lack of them. Oh, yeah, no, definitely His not. highest strikeout total was 75. And he's a power hitter. Guys had that by the hall, by the halfway mark <laughs> every season. Yeah, easily. That's, you know, that's a, that's a month for somebody. It's crazy. It's, yeah, yeah. You, some of these, all these, we say it all the time. All these like longevity numbers for stats, most of them are not going to be duplicated. No, as far as pitching. And... I tell you, you know who's got a shot is. Mookie Betts is 31 right now. Yeah. Bryce Harper is only 30. No, I'm sorry. He's 31 too. So he's the same age. Yeah. And he's got a, a few more hits than than Betts. Oh, so maybe not. Um he's got he's up to 15-13. Betts was 14-75, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not it's not gonna be those standard milestones 3000 and you're in it can't be no no it can't be absolutely there's no more are you telling me at the end of his career bryce harper and Mookie betts aren't hall of famers yeah they're they're definitely right i mean harper's yeah. already got 306 home runs so you figure he's gonna get close to 500 yeah if not 500 home runs and he's gonna get I mean, he's only 31, so you figure he's going to have at least five or six decent seasons because he's playing first or DH now. The DH is going to help him out tremendously. Yes, definitely. So, um, yeah, he's he's definitely going to get over 2,000, probably 2,500, I would easily, you know. His average season, he's getting 160 hits. So even if he mm-hmm. averages 150 over the next – you know, yeah, that's another six or seven seasons. That's another thousand hits. Yeah, so twenty five is. Yeah, he'll be right in the mid two thousands. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and pitching. Forget about three hundred wins. We said that whenever. Yeah. Again, so at least not for. Yeah, a it's going to get really. It's going to be a tough call with the voting. Like I think you brought it up. If Degrom wins another Cy Young, say Degrom wins, say. If if he wins two signups, two more. I, I don't know what you do. Right. <laughs> He's got like that almost that NFL type of Hall of Fame career where it's just because of injuries, it's very shortened. But I think that might be a moot point, sadly, because he's got to stay on the field. Yeah, absolutely. That's so. what it comes down to. Yeah, and you know we'll see what happens with Texas this year because a lot of their a lot of their wins did not come from the guys that they thought they were going to get it from last year. No, definitely not. That could either be a really good thing going into next year if they're healthy, or we'll see. But yeah, um, this was episode one thirty of Talking Rivals, and uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and you can find us on Twitter or X at Talking Rivals. You can follow Chris at CP7NY. You can follow myself at Patrick Trotty. 
Um, you can also follow us, listen along on Sportswire Radio, sportswireradio.org. And thanks to the station manager, Thomas Bryce, at Thomas Bryce 2017. Check out the other good shows on that on that station. And uh, until next time, uh, enjoy the new year. Happy New Year.